This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a look ahead to Saturday night's game with Kansas. Eric Heft and Ryan Harkalaw join me with some really good observations on last week's loss at Baylor and a look at where Iowa State can go from here. We hope you'll enjoy our weekly roundtable discussion. Guys, let's uh, start off talking about Brees Hall because he had a tremendous game a week ago and the offensive line really opened up some holes for him. And We know what he's capable of doing, but man, if he brings that and that offensive line brings that going forward, Iowa State's going to win some football games. Well, they are going to win some football games. I don't think there's any question about that. But, you know, and I think one of the reasons is just what you mentioned. I think Brees is what we saw of Brees last year. You know, he was a little dinged early in the season and maybe wasn't running with the authority with which he ran before or just timing a lot of things when you miss reps late in, in the fall camp. I mean, those things uh, – take a little time to, to come to the forefront. And he has been terrific. I mean, I think his ability to run the football, his ability to read, his vision, his acceleration, his patience, all those things that make him one of, if not the best back in the country, have really come out. And I thought one of his very best games, running, catching, everything, uh, Saturday against Baylor was terrific. I agree, Eric. You know, 231 yards of total offense. And what people don't know, you get to watch it on TV, what I was seeing in timeouts is our – our training staff literally holding him up. You know, he's still getting into game shape. He didn't have a lot of reps towards the end of camp because of some some injury uh, issues with him, but he's obviously back and really healthy, but he was exhausted. But the way that he played that game at the level he played that game, that was really special. And Hark, let's talk about playing hurt a little bit because you did it, I'm sure, many times. And we've talked to Brunzi about this before too, but, you know, football's a sport where you, you can get out there sometimes when you're – 80, 85%, you know, some sports you can't track. You're going to get, you're going to get lapped. You know, I mean, there's some sports where you simply cannot be out there competing unless you are 100%, but football guys play hurt all the time. So as fans, you know, we don't even know about the injury a lot of times. And we just assume that a guy's always going to be at his best. And we don't know what's going on inside, inside that guy's head. It, It can be tough to play hurt. I'm sure. It can be, and, and it depends on the position. You're exactly right. I think if you're, you know, wide receiver, we're watching Sean Shaw fight back from something uh, right now that it's taking him some time to get back. If you're that wide receiver and you're that uh, elite athlete on the on the field, as you'd say, mm-hmm. some of those skill position players, it does impact them possibly a lot more than it would somebody in the trenches. And somebody in the trenches, past week one, you hurt. You know, something's hurt. I don't know if it's a sprained or a broken thumb or a hand or a finger or you know a banged up shoulder but in the trenches you kind of it's just part of it you know a lot of a lot of us in the trenches weren't fast enough to pull anything anyway so you know usually it's something from the physical part of the sport but when you're looking at something like Brees Hall it obviously had something to do with his explosiveness and, and so obviously we don't know what it was but there was something there we could all see it but what we have seen is is him overcome it Another good example would be Charlie Kohler. Early in the season, you could really see that he was not 100%. You know, in pregame, he he would have, in the Iowa game, for example, he had this mechanical brace on his ankle, and you could just tell he wasn't 100%. Last week at Baylor, 
he was he's getting a lot closer. I thought he looked really good coming back uh, from that ankle injury. I think he looks as good now as he's looked all year. You know, and, and I think there's a couple key points that are great, Hark. You know, I'm bullish on this Iowa State football team, and I know it hasn't been the start that a lot of people want, you know, but I'm really bullish on this team for a few reasons. One, Brees is healthy, looks like Brees. And Charlie Kohler's mobility, his ability to make cuts, you know, and become a real factor in the passing game and be that security blanket for Brock. I mean, I think those are two absolutely huge things for this offense. You know, and I think Brock Purdy's playing well. So the other thing I think about this football team and why I'm so bullish on it, they're kind of transitioning now. We'll see. I mean, we're going to find out. But my theory is that the mindset has gone from the hunted and now they're back to being the hunter. And I think psychologically that could be a really big thing. I think this team uh, functions best when they're the hunter. And I think that's what we're going to see from here on out. I agree, Eric. We look at that game last week. You're two plays away from a nine-point win. What was most disappointing for me was those two special teams plays where you give up seven points or six points, obviously, on the kick return for a touchdown. And then on the punt return, they set up for that field goal. Uh, you know, that, that Zach Peterson basically made all four tackles. He made the tackle right. on the punt. He made the tackle on the next three plays. They kick a field goal, but they're already in field goal range. You take those 10 points away, you win by nine. So it was actually offensively and defensively a very dominant second half. But unfortunately, two plays sent him back. But I'm, I'm completely bullish on this team. I thought they looked offensively and defensively the best they've looked all season in the second half of that Baylor game. Yeah, defensively too, you know. We've seen Iowa State give up some points in the first half, but not so much in the second half. And I think we're going to continue to see that from time to time. But that defense is still a real real salty group. And I'm not worried about them at all. And I think the offense is coming around. Special teams, yeah, a little concerned there. But, you know, if you have to pick one of the three, you know, I loved having our offense and defense clicking on all cylinders because right now we're at the point of the season. You know, we have one game, then a bye. And I just think – I think that really sets up well uh, for this football team. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. One thing that we've talked about with special teams is that if you have 10 guys doing their job and one guy doesn't completely do his job correctly, it makes all 11 guys look bad. Do you guys feel like the the stuff that's that's going on with special teams, and, and there have been a lot of good plays on special teams too, but are the errors fixable? Yeah, John, I, I really do think they are. And I want our fan base to know, I've been at practice. They do work at this a lot. It's something they spend a lot of time on at practice. I know that's the first thing that comes to everyone's mind. Are we working at it? Yes, we were working at it. We got to remember, we were worried about this kick returner walking into the game. He's an All-American, All-Big 12 player type of player. We knew he was going to be good, but they are fixable. But it is frustrating. It's frustrating to Coach Campbell. It's frustrating to every player on that team because they came out in that second half and they grind. They're grinding their way back into that football game. And when that gets out the gate and one play turns into seven points, it is very frustrating to the team. What was nice to see is they kept fighting. They kept fighting. They didn't give in after that kick return. They didn't give in after that punt return. And again, it is frustrating to see us lose on a game that offensively and defensively we had complete control of in the second half. But it is being worked at. It is. It will be fixed. This coaching staff will fix it. And I think we'll be in good shape moving forward. Guys, I think Eric mentioned it earlier. 
you know, really liked how Brock played last week. I thought it was a really gutty performance by Brock. He was standing in there against a lot of blitzes, making some really, really tough throws. He did play well. And, and Mike Green put out a stat about Brock this week. I, I hadn't realized he, when he starts at Jack Trey Stadium, he is 12 and 1, you know, and so we get a chance to protect the home field here this Saturday, and there's no better guy to put the ball in the hands of than Brock Purdy to try to do that. 12 and 1 at home since he's been the starter. Amazing. He's got 27 school records, you know, for a lot of reasons. And <laughs> one, I think he's a great competitor. But I think he's really finding his stride to once again get as many weapons back available for him at his disposal. It certainly makes his job a lot easier. But the trust factor that he has with the players around him, Xavier Hutchinson, you know, obviously Brees Hall, Charlie Kohler, Chase Allen, what, what a game he had the other day. But I mean, I think that trust factor just adds to the confidence level uh, with which he plays. And I think that's it's been huge. But I just think he was really in command. And you're right, John, he made some terrific plays avoiding, you know, he had, he had guy Brees helped him out a couple of times on the check downs and made something out of it but i think his poise back there is really starting to show more and more each week and that gunslinger attitude back there too that, that touchdown that he yeah. threw to Brees in the fourth quarter he's falling to the ground he trusted that Brees hall was going to be where he needed to be because he had no idea where Brees hall was actually standing he didn't see Brees before he threw that ball and it turns out to be a perfect throw and Brees walks into the end zone so i love to see him with that little bit of a gunslinger attitude that he did down in baylor Cyclone fans, I want to tell you about my new favorite Iowa State Cyclone shirt, the Corey by Authentic Brand. The stylish half-zip features butter-soft scuba-knit performance fabric. Everyone at your tailgate will want one. To outfit your life in Authentic Brand, visit one of our fine retailers near you or order online at authentic-brand.com for fast delivery. Hey, guys, let's talk about Kansas's quarterback. He presents some unique challenges, too. Jason Bean. Super fast, ran a 10 100 meters in high school. So very, very fast, but also has a good and athletic, strong arm. Threw for over 300 yards last week against Duke. He's a guy that presents problems and so much of what they do runs through him. I love his ability to run the football. I mean, because he, he does have elite speed. That's one thing. But the thing that impressed me, especially watching the Duke game, his ability to drop some deep balls really into into tight windows. He's not always accurate, but I tell you what, he can make a lot of throws, and he's got the arm strength to really stretch that defense out. And anytime you're, you're playing one of those dual threat kind of quarterbacks, I mean, containment is obviously going to be huge. Third and eight, you know, third and twelve and you flush him out of the pocket, with his speed, he can pick up the first down if you're not assignment sound. So I, I think that's always something that stresses the defense in a, in a major way. And, and I think he's really a, a good, really good prospect. He's a very good prospect. You watch him on film, and he is extremely athletic, like you said. And, Eric, you hit it right on the head. The most frustrating part about a dual-threat quarterback that's that athletic is third and six to third and ten. You know, the fans are all excited. The defense is excited. You think you're getting it off the field. Next thing you know, he scrambles for 8 to 12 yards and gets the first down on you. And it's just, you know, it just kills you as a defense because you, you've put yourself in a great situation with the sticks. The next thing you know, he, he makes the first down when he shouldn't. So, again, I think you're going to see a lot more spying like we saw with Will McIlvain with uh, Will right. McDonald. I think you'll see him back off a little bit and then chase him around the field. So, I like our athletes against their athletes right now. The one thing I like to, I'm sure they'll have Will spy some, but 
I think Kansas offensive line is not a great protecting group. Some young guys in there again uh, this year for them, some experienced guys as well. I think you can get tremendous pressure on him and not even give him an opportunity if Iowa State can play the aggressive kind of defense. Not not blitzing necessarily, picking your spots there, but just the ability to get to him while he's still making the first read and that's going to disrupt a lot of things. So I, I think we're going to see some sacks. They've, been, they've given up quite a few already in four games. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. Guys, you both mentioned that you're bullish on this Iowa State team. I certainly am too. And I think it's a far better football team than it was two weeks ago. But I think I go, I go back to something that you mentioned, Hark, uh, quite a bit, which is you're not guaranteed anything. And just because, you know, you come into the season and there's these expectations or you did something a year ago, that doesn't, that doesn't guarantee anything this year or in, in these games. So I guess each of these next games are going to kind of present their own challenge. But where do you think this team is mentally? How can they get back to, you know, doing what they've done for the last four years? They, they've been there, done that before. But it can't be just an automatic to say, okay, it's October, so now this team's going to play great the rest of the way. There's a lot that goes into it. There is. We So you look at that second half of that Baylor game, what ripped my heart out the most was those two plays because that's the best football we've seen them play all year. Coming out of Vegas, yes, we played better, but there's still some concerns offensively that, you know, we, we didn't finish a few drives, but you could see the light bulb popping on pretty good there in, in Vegas. The second half of that UNLV game, we dominated Baylor. And those two plays just backed us off from allowing us to complete that, that turnaround. But again, we, yeah, we talked about this. Success doesn't owe us anything. As a fan base, as a, as a team, as coaches, that you have to show up like you're the underdog, even when you're the, whether you're the seventh ranked team in the nation or you're unranked. Winning doesn't care. You know, as a fan base, everyone coming into this year was nervous. Like, oh my gosh, we, we're seventh in the nation. We have to win every game by 50. No, that ranking doesn't give you a win. That means that's going to put more responsibility on your shoulders because Baylor swung with everything they had to start that game to beat the number 14 team in the nation. And they succeeded because they jumped out to such a big start. So this team's been there before. I loved, for the most part, how we've played that second half of that game. We are, it's starting to click and come into, into motion now where I think everybody knew just something wasn't right. And I think that uh, as we come into this game, we'll see that team that we saw in the second half of Baylor. Well, I think so, too. You know, and I, I said people ask me all summer, spring, summer, like, what about this team this year? I mean, it's going to super going to be a top 10 ranked team going into the season. And I said, you know, what I really believe every year when you're a team like Iowa State, and, and Matt said it so many times, you win in the margins, you're going to have half a dozen at least close games. How well do you? perform in those moments you know and once again hark you mentioned three plays or two plays i'm gonna add a third play i mean the one pass that pretty gets tipped goes right to a defender for an interception we were on such a roll there we have guys who can make plays in those critical moments the other day we made a lot of plays we we needed one more play for sure (laughs) or maybe eliminate a couple of plays when you're the hunted 
you're kind of looking over your shoulder a little bit all the time. When you're the hunter, you're looking forward and you're aggressive. That's what I saw, especially after halftime in that Baylor game. And that's one of the reasons why I am bullish on this team, because I, I think so much of it's psychological. We know the talent is there and it's a talented group that plays extremely well together. And I think the psychological makeup of this football team will be tested. And I think they're going to come through in flying colors. You know, we were talking a little bit off the air about just going back and watching, rewatching Iowa state's games. And you notice some things. Right. And when I watched the Baylor game again, that play that you're talking about, Eric, where Ika got his hand on the football and it ended up being an interception. It's a um, touchdown. It's a touchdown. Charlie Kohler is, is <laughs> yeah. wide open. And actually Xavier Hutchinson on the slant, is pretty open too. And maybe that's where Brock made the mistake is not going to Hutchinson instead, yeah. but, but that's a touchdown. So that's the game of inches that we're talking about. There's no doubt that's a touchdown. If he doesn't get a hand on it, as it ends up, it's an interception and it changes, changes the game a bit. And another thing I noticed on tape, but watching the game back again, if people are very critical or some people are of well, getting under center on the two point conversion, which actually I was state got under center quite a bit in that game. But the play was set up beautifully because you could see the defenders react. You knew that Charlie Kohler was going to be able to slip out to the back of the end zone. Jared Russ was going to be able to slip into the right flat. They were probably going to play action with Brees. And one of those two guys was going to be wide open. Now, the defenders had a moment to react to what was going on because there was that hesitation after the snap was mishandled and they were able to recover and get in position. But if that play goes live and it's play action to Brees, I have no doubt it's a two-point conversion. So sometimes you see these things and you realize, man, they were so close. And you realize what was in the coordinator's head when he's making that call. You mentioned the coordinator, too. And, you know, and I think if you talk about fans in general, and we all get caught up in this sometimes, if a play doesn't work, it's a lousy call. If it works great, it's a great call. But I, I just thought from a, a strategic standpoint, I thought Iowa State's play calling was exceptional Saturday. I, th I, I thought Tom Manning did a great job of really keeping Baylor. Uh, once they got that rhythm going, I mean, they just it kept their foot on their throat and just kept going. You know, and I, I love that. And the other thing I love, too, was one of the things that has hurt Iowa State in previous years on occasion is when you're in third and short, you know, you may have to throw it. We were running the ball on third and short and getting those first downs. That's a huge thing for this football team. Yeah, we also went through it on four, went for it on fourth down, you know, as well. And Brees made a great run uh, to get that on, on, on the fourth down conversion as well during that first drive. So, again, we moved the ball very well. And I was extremely happy with the play calling on, on Saturday. The tight ends were very involved. The running game and pass game was mixed up. The Baylor defense didn't know what was coming at them. And that's just what we are as an offense. When we are that balanced, good luck, right? You don't know where this ball is going, and you got two or three All-Americans running around out there. You're going to – I mean, good luck. And that's when we're the healthiest as an offense. All right, guys, we'll wrap it up. It looks like it could be a little soggy, perhaps, on Saturday night. But it's going to be nearly, if not, a full house. I guess we're closing in on a sellout. And it's going to be a great environment. First night game of the season. Really looking forward to this one. I am too. Let's uh, you know, get that win, protect home field, and take some real momentum. An impressive performance would be a great way to head into the bye week. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.